Last night I was sitting with my aunt and my brother um, talking about food. And this documentary came up that I watched years ago uh, called Cooked, where this guy, he's an author who uh, sort of traces the history of all the different styles of cooking traditionally with earth, um, air, fire, and water as the kind of basic elemental ways human beings have cooked food throughout the eons. And I thought the air one was, to me, the most interesting because he, he talks about the making of bread and bread is this sort of staple of humanity through all these regions, through all these years, and how it was originally made. Um, and a lot of people during the pandemic were making their own sourdoughs. You probably saw that on Instagram and stuff. So you might already know this, but um, to make a, like the first batch of, of a bread that will rise, you just leave out the, the wheat and the water and the air has yeast in it that come and then start eating it and then you see it bubbling and that's how the yeast get in to the bread at first and then you roll it up into dough, you bake it and magically it rises. And he talked about that whole process and how it's mastered and people that still do it the natural way. But the fact that stuck in my mind was what he said about the importance of yeast in bread. That um, if you were to be on a desert island and you just had a bag of flour, or an unending, unending supply of flour and water, and you just mixed the two and ate them without letting them rise, without letting the yeast kind of do their part, you could live for a really long time just off of that nutrition, but you would eventually die from malnutrition. It doesn't have all of the nutrients you need to live. Whereas if you did this simple little thing with the sourdough bowl and let the yeast do their thing and the bread rise, something happens, they don't even know what, but you can eat that and li live till you die of old age. Like there's enough nutrients in bread, provided you can eat gluten. Um, but uh, there's something about the air. And I thought immediately of this, the natural analogy of what we do at mass when we call down the Holy Spirit on the elements of bread and wine. And there's something about the spirit who is the wind who blows wherever he wills. We don't know where he comes from or where he's going, where he's leading us, but it's this breath of God that through the priest we speak the words of Jesus over, over the bread and it changes it in, from something that is good, it nourishes the body, but into something that will nourish us in our souls even to eternal life. Um, and of course as Catholics, I, one of my favorite things about being Catholic is that we see the world as this thing that is good, that God is this artist and everything has meaning. Nothing is wasted. So the fact that yeast is just kind of in the air living there and doing this thing to wheat and uh, water these elemental needs of our bodies and changing it into something nourishing it makes sense that there would be this higher analogy yet um, that the words of God the breath of God would give that same life-giving food um, properties that give us a different kind of life it's more abundant more nourishing we're going to be reading for the next, I think, five weeks from John 6, which is um, this nice little, in year B, we normally read from the Gospel of Mark, but the church just give us this little summer reading assignment of the Bread of Life discourse, where Jesus, it starts at John 6, 1 through 15, of the, the feeding of the 5,000, which uh, is in all, the, all of the Gospels, but John puts it at, at the beginning of this discourse that Jesus has on, I am the Bread of Life, whoever eats this bread will live forever. Um, and John doesn't have an institution narrative where he talks about how Jesus institutes the Eucharist, this is the Mass, 
this is my body, this is my blood, do this in memory of me. It's the, the Eucharist is all through the Gospel of John, but particularly in this chapter. Um, and what Jesus does with the bread and the fish in the Gospel today is symbolic of what we do at every Mass, that Jesus breaks the bread, he gives thanks, he gives it to his disciples. Um, even they gather the fragments like we gather it in the Eucharist and, and nothing is wasted, that that presence of Jesus remains and we guard it in the tabernacle. Um, this abundance that they bring what little they have to Jesus. I love what Philip says, this boy here has five loaves and two fish, but what good are they for so many? Imagine being the boy, he's just trying to help, like, sorry, <laughs> that's all I have. Um, but that attitude we have as human beings, um, that what we have is not enough. We know this. Um, and even what has brought the crowds to Jesus, it says, uh, the large crowd followed him because they saw the signs he was performing on the sick. That there's something life-giving about, about Jesus, just his presence. They want to be around him because they see the well-being that flows from him, the life, the healing. And if you picture this crowd, this ragtag bunch of people that have sick friends and family who are hungry and starving, who don't have enough food to feed themselves, and they're just there, and Jesus looks out at them and says, give them something to eat. He wants to feed them. Um, it's our need, it's our hunger, and our realization that we have no ability to ultimately feed ourselves. Even this great world that he's given us, even all this nourishing food is not enough. Ultimately, we need something more to nourish us to eternal life. I think we can learn two things from this, this gospel and as we continue to meditate over this month um, on the bread of life and what it means that Jesus has become our food. Um, one, that he doesn't give us different food than we already have. He takes, us the, he takes the food that we have, we offer it to him, and he changes it. He makes it more life-giving. That's analogous of everything in our life, not just what we bring to the altar every day, but um, all of our earthly loves, all of our, even marriage is elevated to a, a sacrament in the Christian life. That everything the world has to offer, everything God has given us in this natural life, he is made to be the substrate of supernatural life. Thomas Aquinas says, grace builds on nature. So everything we have that we hold dear, everything we love, it's not that Jesus is saying, leave it behind and I'm going to give you something else. It's, he's saying, take what you love and give it to me and I'll give it back to you and it will be more life-giving. Um, but you have to let go of it. You have to bring what little you have to me uh, and acknowledge that as good as it is, it will not give you eternal life. It will not feed you forever. Uh, but if you give it to me, I will make it the thing that leads to eternal life. I will make it the thing that leads to your nourishment um, forever. And the second thing is that it's almost like the tinier the offering, the better. Um, Jesus is more glorified because this little boy brings this little offering to 5,000 people. The first reading was Ezekiel, where it's like 20 loaves for 100 people, and they're like, whoa, that's a lot. He, that's a miracle that you were able to feed 100 people with 20 loaves. Well, Jesus ratchets it up quite a bit. How about 5,000 men, not, not including women and children? So let's say 10,000, 15,000 people with five loaves of bread and two fish. The tinier the offering, the better, because it magnifies his glory. And it also makes us realize we can trust him. That it's, it's not how well we can feed ourselves. It's not how resourceful we are. It's not how much we've accrued 
for our own um, self-possession. It's how much he, how much control he has, how much freedom we've given the Lord to feed us. Um, and that's what the Eucharist is. And uh, we, we come to this altar as sick and starving human beings. The, the, the human condition in a sinful world, um, realizing that we, we've gone astray, we've tried to feed ourselves, but what little we have now we bring to you, Jesus. And we, we say, feed us. Um, give us back in abundance uh, what we've given you, these natural gifts, these foods, these breads that, that we've fed ourselves with. Now we give it to you to feed us to eternal life.